Hey, 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 and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, super pumped you're here today. We got my main man, Dr. Billy Williams. He is coming to hang out with us and do what Dr. Billy Williams does. This episode couldn't be possible without my friends at Smart Choice. Fastest growing agency network for a reason. No lengthy contracts, no upfront fees. And I say no upfront fees. I mean, no upfront fees, no monthly fees. Nothing's going to handcuff you fees wise. All they do is commission split. And that's only off the business that you get through their carriers. So uh, it's like the carriers you get through them, not your existing contracts, not your existing carriers, nothing that's going to handcuff you to smart choice. They just want to help you grow and they're going to do it in so many cool ways. And they're going to share in their bonus and their contingencies. Oh my gosh, crazy. Uh, and they're going to give you negotiated higher commissions, lower thresholds, lower volume commitments. There's no reason why you wouldn't want to partner with Smart Choice, whether for one contract or 20. Go to smartchoiceagents.com. Also, uh, my friends over at Canopy Connect, use canopy.com backslash Heath. Go check it out. Get a demo. Uh, look to talk to Casey or Robert or Tolga or whoever does the demos. You're going to love hanging out with them. There's so much fun. And when you do get ready to be sitting down in your seat, when you see this demo, because it is a game changer and it will blow your mind completely off, (laughs) blow your head right off your shoulders. It is so good. You're going to love it. (laughs) I'm already having fun today. So this is going to be a good conversation. This is going to be a lot of fun. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Dr. Billy Williams. My man, Dr. Billy Williams. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm blessed and highly favored. No complaints. No complaints. No complaints. Hey, who'd listen anyway? Right? Who'd care? <laughs> so talk to me real quick. It's uh, beginning of February. I'm snowed in where I'm at. Is that where you're at? Are you snowed I'm in? I'm iced or? in. We're, we're in Texas. We don't get snow. We get ice. So I yes, feel you. I'm That's kind of the same thing we got here. It's just a bunch of ice. You know, I'm not too far away. I'm more four or five hours away from you. So we got the same ice thing, but, uh, anywho. So, uh, but you told me earlier before we hit record, you work from home a lot. So this is, Oh yeah. Work. I've worked from home for almost 15 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm an investor, dude. What do I need an office, That's you know, true. and I, and I have 170 plus partners, so I can always go to one of their offices. I'm good. Yeah. So for me personally, I had to come home to work from home. And so uh, it's a little bit different for me. So I'm actually sitting in my son's bedroom right now. <laughs> so I got you. I got you. We'll, we'll see how that all works out. But uh, speaking of home, we're going to get into more about home here in a little bit. Um, you see how I did that little thing there? We're going to get into yes, that sir, later. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so before we do that, though, for those who have, you know, maybe been under a rock for a little bit or maybe new to the industry and don't know who Dr. Billy Williams is, can you give a, a brief walk down memory lane? Let's hear about who you are and Absolutely. how you got to where you are today with 170 plus partners. Absolutely. I'm retired Army, first and foremost. I, I did 21, 21 years, 21 plus years in the Army. While I was in the Army, I owned multiple types of businesses. I owned fitness centers and I owned distribution centers and all, all this other kind of stuff because I'm always, I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit that stemmed from my family as well. While I was in the military as well, I also got a PhD in finance. So by the time I got ready to retire, I knew that I needed to be somewhere in the financial services industry. I just wasn't sure where. So I looked at everything. I looked at banking. I looked at investment banking. I looked at 
you know, real estate. I looked at everything. And the thing that stood out to me most was insurance. I was like, let me get this straight. Everybody and their mama markets insurance. So literally it is known everywhere. Everybody has to have it. You have, whether you own a car a home or business, it doesn't matter. Whatever you do in this country, the foundation of it is insurance. You have to have it. And I get paid every time you renew. And if I do my job right, I don't even have to talk to you. Well, shit, it didn't take a rocket science. From, you, know, you know, it didn't take a damn a PhD in that to figure out, dude, this is awesome. I love this industry, right? So 2003, I retired from the military and I went to work at Allstate. I say at not four because I was actually their recruiting manager, meaning my job was to recruit insurance agents. Now understand this, Heath. I got hired to recruit insurance agents when I knew nothing about insurance. <laughs> okay? Yeah, that sounds like a great job. <laughs> right. I knew nothing about insurance. So at that particular point, about six months into it, I'd worked with several agents. I kind of understood the industry, but I realized if I was going to do this, I had to be an agent. I couldn't go hire agents and put them in some system. I couldn't just lead them out to slaughter and not have a clue what the hell was going on. So I, I resigned from Allstate and opened my own agency in Mundelein, Illinois. Well, Mundelein, Illinois is literally 20 minutes from home office, from Allstate home office, which in is Northbrook. in Northbrook. Right, in Northbrook. So I had, God, 50 agents, Allstate agents all around me. So I had to figure out a niche, right? Because I, I wasn't going to be able to do auto, home, and umbrella like everybody else and their mama was doing. I went broke. So right. I said, what, what other products do they offer, right? Because when home for me was success, right? And you're always going to find a way home. So I'm like, what can I do to be successful? What's my home? So in that particular case, I went with accident policies, right? And I would go to the park, hand out my business cards. And on the back of my business cards, I had a 1-800 number, a free conference call number that I still use today. I had a free conference call number and I'd say, hey, while little Johnny's playing soccer, little Susie's playing softball or little, you know, whatever's happening out here, I'm going to have a conference call in about 15 minutes. And why don't you guys just hop on, right? This is 2004, 2005, that area. So they said, okay. So I would go I'd sit in my car, right? Cause I'd hand out like a hundred cards. I'd sit in my car and I'd host a conference call and talk about accident policies, right? Does that make sense? So yeah, then well, I was, I'm with you. Right. Then I'd sell these accident policies. These all state, well, it was American Heritage Life, AHL. I'd sell these accident policies, right? And then that would get me in the door. And then once I was in the door, then I could do other things. Now, Allstate has this thing where if you suddenly become the servicing agent, you don't get the commission. So even if I got your accident policy and you loved my agency and you wanted me to be your auto and home servicing agent, whoever that original agent was, was still going to keep the commission, right? They were going to have that. But any new policies I sold, I got the commission on. So I would lead in with accident policies. Get it? Because nobody else was probably selling accident policies. So you got the no, commission. No, nobody. Because it wasn't because you weren't making any money. You know, I was only making like 40 bucks for per accident policy. But all so you needed was that crack, that foot in the door. Exactly. Home. Home. I needed to find a way to get in your home. Y you know what I mean? That oh, yeah. crack. So I would get in with an accident policy. I'd get you to switch over to me as your agent, as your servicing agent. So I had your auto, your home, your accident policy. Then I talked to you about an umbrella. And then I talked to you about life insurance. 
And then I talked to you about other products that most agents weren't selling because most PNC agents, what do they sell? Auto home umbrella, auto home umbrella, auto home umbrella, right? Now this person has a boat, motorcycle. Understand, I was in Mundelein. Mundelein's not a it's not a broke ass neighborhood. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, we're right there by Libertyville, we're by Vernon Hills, we're by Lake Forest. Michael Michael Jordan was literally 10 minutes from where I lived. So these people had toys. You, you know yeah. what I mean? But the agents weren't going after the toys unless the person called in and said, Hey, can you insure my boat? And they go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take three weeks to get back to you. Well, I wasn't. I was the periphery agent. I was going to insure all your peripheral stuff, but that stuff was going to lead to more revenue for me, right? Yep. So that's, a after a while, I, and I won agent of the year, you know, uh, trying to look and see what that is, uh, superstar something or another, some superstar thing, whatever. I'm looking at the trophies that are behind me. Um, right. The, the, the ones that are most important are the ones that are beside me, which are my golf trophies. You know, I took, <laughs> right. You know, I took up golf a couple of years ago. And, and you uh, figured it out in a matter of like six months or less. I've yeah. been kicking ass, dude. I've been kicking ass playing dude. golf. Um, but anyway, so about four years into that, I realized somebody else was controlling my money. Someone else was telling me what I could write. Someone else was telling me how, how big I could be because whether captives, and I know you're not going to want to hear this, but it's the truth. Your captive carriers already have a preset limit of what you can write. You know, they only want 15% of the risk in any one area, whether that's a city, whether that's a state, they only want 15% of the risk, which business-wise makes sense because if a tornado came through, I don't want to pay 80% of the claims, right? So I get from a business-wise standpoint, but me as a business, that wasn't sitting well with me. Okay. No, but sitting well with one more. of probably 200 agents in a hundred mile radius and 15% can only be spread so far. Right. So that wasn't sitting well with me. So what I said was, I'm going to resign from the Allstate agent thing and I'm going to partner with who in that time was another agent in the area. And I'm going to bring in my processes and workflows and most of the things that I had adopted from the military and just modified for insurance, right? Uh, discipline, standards, time management, all that kind of stuff that I learned in the military, I just adopted it for insurance. So I said, I'm going to take that to another agency and partner with those guys and, you know, grow from there. That was my plan. Well, once I partnered with that agent, then one of his friends was like, can you partner with our agency and show us that stuff? So I had to make a decision. He, I was either going to be a consultant or an investor, okay? That was the decision I had to make at that point. And I chose to own stuff. You know, wealth is built from ownership. So I chose to own. And that's how I started investing in agencies. And I really thought I'd get maybe 10, 15 agencies that let me partner. I didn't realize how many broken agencies there were. I didn't realize how many agencies are like, dude, I will give you 10% of my agency if you can fix this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I will sell you 5% of this if you can fix it. And that's what I do at this point. That's primarily my thing is I'm an investor. And the reason why I invest is I still want to fix your agency, but I need to have ownership because at the end of the day, I need to be responsible for three things, hiring, training, and accountability. And as a consultant, I can't do that. Right. But as an owner, I can do that. And these agencies are stretched out from Chicago to how far? I mean, are you all over the map? We've got partners in Canada. We've got partners in uh, India. We've got partners in Japan. We've got partners in Puerto Rico. We've got, which is part of the United States. Uh, we've got partners. I mean, you name it. You know, if 
agencies are everywhere. We got we got two partners in England. Wow. So no, we've got we've got partners everywhere because at the end of the day, the processes that I teach are simple enough that they can go anywhere. There there are 171,000 commonly used English words, right? 171,000. They're all built on 26 letters. And yep. the most important of those are six vowels, A, E, I, O, U, and sometimes Y. So literally, if we can build an entire language on six vowels and a total of 26 letters, why can't we build a $10 million agency on the 20 main processes that we do every day? And like you said, it's 20 processes or whatever you said just now. Was it 20 mm -hmm. you said? It's 20. What's well, 23 so 20 total, months. but three of those are annual, like taxes and stuff like that. So you don't right. have to deal with them every single day. But there are 20 that you pretty much deal with every single day. And you're, you and I both see agencies every day that, that muck that up. They complicate that because they think it has to be something that it's not. Or they want to reinvent the wheel. Or they want to try to do something beyond their capabilities. And what you're trying to teach them is those 20 core processes and things of that nature. Exactly. Here's the deal. There, there's one reason that agencies are not successful. You know you know me, Heath. I like to keep shit simple, okay? Yep, I love that about you. Okay. Keep, keep it simple. There's one main reason that agencies are not successful. Emotion. They let emotion get in the way. Whether that's the emotion of the agent, the emotion of the staff, the emotion of everything, Right. And emotion, once emotion gets in the way, emotion magnifies anything you put emotion in front of. So if you put emotion in front of a problem, the problem seems bigger than what it really is. If you put emotion in front of a solution, the solution seems better than what it really is. If you put a solution in front of fact finding, the facts seem different than what the hell they really are. So my job is to get the emotion out of the damn process, right? There shouldn't be any emotion in a process. So let's, let's give an example, because I don't want to talk in ambiguity here. One of the first things I do when I, when I invest in an agency or mentor an agency is I set up agency recommended minimum standards, right? So that means for, for an auto, maybe that's 25500 And every customer is expected to be at 25500 Expected means we're going to talk to you about it. Whether you take it or not, that's up to you, but it, we have to talk to you about it. So now, because there's 25500 and that's our minimum recommended standard, that means if I'm talking to you about auto insurance and I say, hey, he, you know, I know you're over with State Farm or Geico or whoever, wherever you're with, and over there you have 100, 300, but our minimum recommended is 25500 We feel like that's going to best protect our customer. So here's the deal. I'm going to talk to you about it. I'll explain it. I'll explain the consequences. If you want it, Great. If you don't want it, I need you to sign a decline coverage form saying that you understand this is our minimum recommended coverage, right? There's no emotion in that. So Susie, who comes to you and says, I don't want to sell. I don't like selling. I'm a service person. Well, I don't care if you sell. I don't care if you service. I don't care whatever. This is our standard. End of story. So Susie, if you're servicing, servicing someone and you see they have 100, 300 instead of 250, 500, you need to follow our process, which is I'm going to explain it to you. I'm going to explain the possible consequences of you not having the coverage when or the amount of coverage when you have a claim. But more importantly, if you don't want it, I need you to sign this decline coverage form. I'm going to send a decline coverage form. You sign it. We're all good. There's no emotion in that. Right. See, but agents don't do that. Agents don't build processes around no emotion. 
The emotion should come in during the conversation. When, when John is telling me about his daughter who's going off to college and Joe is telling me about his dog and, and Miss Jenkins who comes in every week is telling me about her grandkids. Okay, have emotion in that. But the process should not have emotion. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And that, that ends up being a huge problem. Like you said, one of the biggest problems. You know, you, you talked about earlier, off, you know, we were texting about home. And you said mm-hmm. it earlier on the show, uh, we were talking about home. And, you know, no matter what the obstacle is, no matter what the emotion you're feeling, no matter what's going on, when you're trying to get home, it don't matter what's in the way, you're going to get there. <laughs> you're going to get home. And see, the problem is agents don't view success as home. So I'll give, right. I'll go back. You know, I got to talk about golf because, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fanatic. I'm addicted, right? I love that. I live on a golf course. I'm out there with you every all the time. So that's what I'm talking about. So when I took up golf two years ago, it's been two years now. Uh, well, we'll be March 27th. We'll be two years. So when I took up golf because of the, my mentality and the way that I am, I didn't want to just play golf. I want it to be a single digit handicap, right? Single digit handicap, because that was home to me. I was not complete in this journey until I was a single digit handicap, which means right now I'm a 12. So I still have not completed my journey. You know what I mean? But right. it didn't matter. If it, was, it, didn't matter if it, was, it didn't matter if it was cold. It didn't matter if it was windy. It didn't matter if it was hot. It didn't matter if it was a Sunday or Monday afternoon or whatever. If there was a time for me to get out on that course, I'm getting out on that course. You know, I'm playing, I'm playing, I play in the U.S. Amateur Tour. It's called the U.S. Am Tour. And if you look it up, U.S. Am Tour, I am the number one ranked senior golfer in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, right? Wow. And I did that. I did that in two years. I did that in about a year and a half, right? U.S. Am Tour, for any of you doubters out there, U.S. AM tour and go to the tiger flight, which is the seniors and go to the tiger flight. And you're going to see number one is Billy Williams. Okay. That's incredible. But I'm still not understand. I'm still not a single digit handicap. So I have not reached home. I'm not home until I've officially got a gen handicap that says you are a single digit handicap, but nothing is going to stop me. You know what I, you know what I mean? He, nothing slows me down. Nothing stops me. Nothing, whatever. So now let's translate translate that over to insurance. When I became an owner, my goal was to get fifty partners. That was my goal, fifty partners, and I was going to keep working at that and keep working at that until I got fifty partners. Which means, in order to get fifty partners, I probably got told no eight hundred times. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I didn't care. That didn't stop you. That didn't stop no, because, you from going home. Because home was getting to that goal. When I call someone, because right now the main thing I write is I write airports, right? That's that's my big claim to fame right now within the insurance industry is an agent part of this is I put together deals for airports, right? Because you may have to have 10 different carriers in order to insure an airport because somebody's got to do the food service. Somebody's got to do the plane. Somebody's got to do the de-icing part of Somebody's got to do the workers comp. Somebody's got to do the runway and, you know, the hangar and all, I mean, all, all that stuff. So it's not, it's not one vendor or one carrier that's doing this, but home to me is putting the deal together and whatever the hell I got to do to get home, I'm going to get home something. You, you don't, if you don't put that mentality of, 
I'm not done until I get home, which is until I hit that end result, whatever that end result is. See, I'm not one of those dads that's going to go out. Heath, you there? I'm here. You were cutting out real bad, but I was just waiting. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on. I, in fact, I used a Chromebook for this very reason because Chrome, you know, there's no background stuff working. So I'm not sure what that is. No big deal. Keep going. You're not the type of dad. Right, right. So I'm not the type of dad that's going to go out for a pack of cigarettes and then, you know, not come home ever again because of some problem, because of some issue, because I can't stand your mama or because, I, you know, what I'm saying you, you bring your ass home. If you and I are going on a trip, right, we're going out of town. It doesn't matter if there's a snowstorm. It doesn't matter if there's a um, a detour, a road construction, whatever, I'm going to figure out how to get home. And you know what? Even now, there are days that I literally will pass my exit to, when I'm on my way home because I'm thinking about something else. And I'll, I'll, I'll get a detour or I'll pass my exit. That doesn't mean I'm going to go, you know what? I'm not going home. I'm just going to go buy another house. I'm going to go rent another apartment because I don't want the truck the hassle of trying to get back home. No, that's stupid as hell. You're going to find a way home, no matter what. But the problem is agents don't view success as home. You know what I'm saying? They view success as a want, as a hope. Everything I have that's important in my life is at home. Everything that I've worked for is at home. Everything I would die for is at home. So what's your home, agents? Is your home going in and writing $10 million in revenue? Is your home, I just want to go in and be a good leader to my people? Is your home, I want to hopefully avoid as much confrontation as possible? What's your home? You know what I'm saying? That's why agents make this shit difficult. Because first and foremost, they don't know the route home. We know how to get home. It doesn't matter where we are. We're going to figure out how to get home. So if there's if that road is blocked, I know six or seven different ways to get to my house. Agents don't, they don't think process. See, the reason why we know six or seven different ways is because of the process. But agents don't think process. They think people are processes and people are not processes. People have processes, but people are not processes. And what they try to do is they, they try to hire people to save them, okay? So agents operate from two distinct mindsets. You either operate from abundance or you operate from scarcity, okay? If you've got a lot of leads, if you've got a lot of customers, if you've got processes that you can spot check, if you've got workflows that are there, you're operating from abundance. And when you operate from abundance, you operate differently than when you operate from scarcity. But if you don't have processes, you don't have workflows, your people are in, in there doing, everybody's doing their own damn thing, their own different way. You don't have lead flow. You don't have people that are actually trying to sell stuff. Now you're operating from scarcity. And when you operate from scarcity, you operate differently than when you operate from abundance. See, I know where home is. So I know my abundance is at home. My abundance is not in the detour. My abundance is not in the problem. My abundance is not in the, the issues or the, or the fact that some customers pissed off. That's not my abundance. My abundance is at home. Right. So home and for me is pick the goal. Home is whatever goal or success you decide. You talk about goals. And it's funny you say that because I was just about to say, you know, we're as we're recording this podcast, we're a month and a half into the year, two months into the year, maybe February. And when I release this, it may be March. And there's people that have already given up on their 2022 goals 
because some obstacle got in the way or Susie got COVID and take off for two weeks and got behind on her goals or, you know, producer Paul, you know, had something come up and couldn't do mm-hmm. it. And so they've got all these excuses of why they can't get to home, which is they want to grow by 4 million this year in new production. But the first month they hit some obstacle and they didn't make it. But uh, there's, there's still nine, 10, what? I can't do math. 10 months left in the year. That goal doesn't have to be sacrificed. That goal doesn't have to be quit. There's yeah. a roadblock. You know, maybe there was a speed trap in the way. Maybe there was the plane got grounded. But there's a way home. Yeah, there's always a way home. But again, the the key is the reason why agents have problems is because they don't have processes. It always boils down to processes, right? I use this acronym, S4TS. Yep. S4TS. The first S stands for standards. Do you have standards in your agency? Standards for the coverages you're recommending for your customers. Standards for the actions that your staff is going to take. Standard for the reactions that your staff is going to take. Do you have standards? The first T is time management. Are you blocking off time to do the important things? The next T is task. Does your team even know what tasks they're supposed to do, right? Then the next T is training. Are you training them on the task? Are you training them on time management? Are you training them on the standards? And then the next T is tools. When you're training, are you training them on the tools, the buttons that they're going to need to push, the forms that they need, the the information that they need, the agency management system? Are you training them? And then finally, S is spot check. Because you're doing all this, but if you're not spot checking, then the, the prisoners are running the prison. That's just the way it works. So it's S4TS, standards, time, task, tools, training, and spot checking. If agents would just lock into that acronym and get those things, even a small part of those things, they would be better for it. Right. And find their way back home. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's the roadmap that's going to get you home. Yep. That's your, you know, when you put in your maps on your phone, how to get home or how to get to here or there, that's what you're saying is those steps. The, the Absolutely. Yep. You know, you know, it's really funny. I use Google, uh, Google Maps wherever I go. I mean, it's always on, right? And people go, well, Billy, why do you cut your Google Maps on? I mean, you're going home. You know how to get home because Google is in the sky. Google is seeing shit that I don't see. You know what I'm saying? And I many times I'll be on my way home and she'll say, there's a shorter route. You know, there's traffic up ahead. There's an accident up ahead. There's a speed trap up ahead. There's another route. Would you rather take this route? And I go, yeah, but why? But I know this way because someone smarter than me said, this is better for you because they can see it differently than I can see it. See, a lot of agents have people in their agency that are smarter than them, but they won't let them guide them. You know what I'm saying? Is, yeah. Because the agent has to be. Yeah. 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 They're stubborn. They think that they only know the way. Right. So I listen to everybody and I tell what I tell staff is you do it my way until you can show me a better way. Don't do it your way. Right. And skip my way. No, you do it my way and then come show me where there's a better way. Or even more than that, Billy, Dr. Billy's way is the foundation, you know, and you build upon that foundation and you've laid that strong foundation with those core principles you just talked about. And then for, if you've got some builders on your staff that can help, you know, expand yep. upon that and build up from there, what's wrong with that? Man, my assistant 
my assistant enhances so much of what we do. So I will lay out like the endorsement process. You know, these are the seven steps of the endorsement process. And then when she's training people, she'll say, well, you know, Billy, we need to change our email template to this because this shows this. And I'll, I'll sit there and I'll look at it and I'll say, OK, you got to give me a business case. Give me a business case why I would change that email to. Well, because of this, this and this. And I go, OK, I tell you what, let's let half the agents do it this way. Let's let half of them do it this way and we'll see which one turns out best. So we'll do an A-B test, right? And we'll see which one turns out best because I'm not giving up my process because you think it's better. You got to show me it's better, but I'm not going to blow your idea off because my process has been in place for 20 years either. I'm always open to learn. So Right. And I think that goes for any agency that, you know, you've got that foundation laid down. You got home there. You got the home yep. laid down. Yep. If you want to make improvements on the home. You know, and over time, you know, the, the home ages, you know, there's things that happen. You need to get a new HVAC. You got to get a new roof. You got to get new mm -hmm. plumbing put in. Same thing in your agency. You've got the foundation laid. And as long as that's laid strong and laid, you know, at, a, at the, the right place at the right time, everything else is there. You can build up from there. You can make improvements. You can add you know, a new roof, new gutters, you know, clean out, you can clean out the gutters if you want to, but there's always at home, that foundation. Yep. Absolutely. And you know, what I hate is when I'm talking to agents and the first words out of their mouth are, well, I'm just a small agent in a small country town, you know, and I'm like, well, that's your mentality. Well, that's a that's denomination you think in. You'll always be a small agent in a small country town because that's the denomination you think in. You know what and I'm saying? Yep. And people who think small will get small results. People who think large exactly. will get large results. Exactly. Exactly. So some people, let's talk about home. Some people rent an apartment, right? Some people live with their parents. Some people own a home outright. Some people still have a mortgage. But at the end of the day, no matter what, when the shit hits the fan, you're going to try to get back to what you consider home, Right. So right. if you're a small, I mean, literally, let's talk about apartment dwelling. If I lived in an apartment and there was an ice storm, I'm not going to go stay at a hotel for a month. I'm going to go home. Right. <laughs> you know, what I mean? I'm going to go home to my little bitty apartment because that is my safe place. That's where I reside. That's where I go. So it's the same thing here, man. Guys, yep. whether you're a small agent, big agent, whatever, you got to put processes in place. You got to know that success is home and your people have to know that success is home. We're not talking just rando motivational stuff here. I'm, I'm trying to lay it out for you. I already broke it down for you. S4TS, get some standards, know, get block off time for your people to do the important things, know the task that you're supposed to do, get the technology, learn your technology, 40% of the tech, 40% of you don't use your technology effectively. Then you or say my then you yeah. say my agency management system sucks. It's like what? You know, I mean, I see these guys go, oh, I, I use Hawksoft, it sucked. Uh, I use Epic, it sucked. Uh, I use uh, uh, Easy Links, it sucked. I it's like, dude, maybe it's not the AMS system. Maybe it's your processes. Maybe it's your agency. Because I got agencies that are making a hell of a lot of money using Easy Links and a hell of a lot of money using Hawksoft and a hell of a lot of money using Epic and a hell of a lot of money using AMS 360 and Better Agency and everything else that's out here. And you know what? You're whining and you're buying all this stuff. I, I deal with an agency right now that literally uses nine pieces of technology to write a policy. That's ridiculous. Nine. Oh, I've cut them down. They were at 14. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. 
I cut them down. I'm like, okay, so in your in your system, in your AMS system, let's go ahead and do an accord form. Oh, well, we don't do our accord forms in that system. Uh, we go to Asana and then we go to HubSpot and then we come over here and then we go. I'm like, dude, why? Why? They oh, because they had Susie likes to do it this way. Chuck likes to do this. Bob likes to do this. It's, it's like, dude, literally go to your AMS, figure out how to do a damn accord form out of your AMS because it's going to pre-fill with all the information. And you know what? If it doesn't all pre-fill, then we'll work with what we have. We just work with what we have. You know what I mean? But they they go to these conferences, they go to these workshops, they go wherever, and here comes the new vendor, and here comes the this, and everybody's trying to make money. I get it. You know, and the insurance industry is recurring income, recurring yeah. income. So agents know they're going to get a, another check, you know. So what do they do? They just go waste the check that they have. So that's why we have all this damn technology that nobody's using. And who really is pissed off? is the staff because they have no clue where to go. And I'll ask them, well, where do you put this note? Well, I think we put it in the AMS, but sometimes we put it in the CRM. Sometimes we put it in our phone system. Sometimes we go over here and we do this, but then we go to HubSpot and we do this, but then we go here. We so you don't have a clue where to put the damn note, right? You don't have a clue because yeah. there's no standard. There's not, Yeah, there's no standard set down. And that owner or whoever's in charge of the technology got shiny object syndrome. Yeah, purchased everything they could, and then they got overwhelmed because they couldn't figure it out, and they just kind of duct taped it all together and figured, oh, this will work. Right, and I'm telling you, I've seen there are 140 plus AMS systems that are in the insurance industry, and I've probably seen every one of them. Most of them will do 80% of what you need done in an agency, okay? And the other 20%, hey, if you want to duct tape it with something else, fine, but don't duct tape 10, 10% pieces of technology together. That's ridiculous. Do that. Learn the 80% that you can do in your AMS and then look for something to fill in the gaps. Right. And get, get, I'm I'm assuming you're going to correct me if I'm wrong, but what makes sense to me when I, when I had my agency was everybody's got to be doing the same thing, whatever that is, whatever you decide to do, whether you have one location or 170, Everybody's got to be on the same page, the same roadmap, the same playbook, whatever analogy you use, everyone has to be on that same page. Everybody, the foundation has to be the same. We have to have the, we have to have the same 26 letters and the same six vowels. Now you can make all the different words that you want, but we got to have those same 26 letters and those same six vowels. I, I love that. I haven't thought about it like that, that alphabet analogy. That's pretty cool, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I always learn something new from you. Yeah, I appreciate it. There, there's one of them there. And so uh, I think that's incredible. So uh, getting home, laying that foundation, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure that I give you that floor while I've got you on here. Anything else burning on your brain or on your mind, or on your heart that you want to share with agents before we uh, shut this thing down. Uh, I, they just follow this roadmap. No, I, I think we're overwhelming them already because now they have to go back to their agencies and figure out what are my standards? You know what I'm saying? What, what are the coverages that we want to recommend? What time am I going to block off? What tasks are my real revenue producing tasks, right? How do I stop admin from being the quicksand that's holding everything back? And usually it's because your admin is double and triple entry. I'm telling you, that is the biggest issue that I see in an agency. That's why it's taking Judy two weeks to work up your commercial packet because she has to go in and manually put the information in 10 different accord forms. You know, I mean, you got accord 125. You got Accord 142. You got Accord 137. You got you got all these different accords that that you need because you got to have your 
in the Marine, you got to have your commercial, you got to have your umbrella, you got to have your commercial auto, you got you to have all these accord forms. And instead of getting a damn system or using your agency management system where you could literally fill in 50% of that accord form right out of your AMS, Judy is going in and manually typing information into each accord form. Right. Now, now that doesn't even count the research. That doesn't even count the fact that she has to go out to the assessor site and try to figure out the construction of the building the class code, you know, all this other stuff that she has to figure out. So you figure all the research that goes into this combined with all the admin that goes into this, no wonder Judy can't get it out, right? right? And then you come out, my sales suck. Your sales suck because your admin is sucking the life out of your sales process. Because if you combine a salesperson and an admin person into one licensed sales producer, sales will always suck, okay? Admin sucks the life out of you. That's why I believe in virtual assistants. Amen. Because I can hire a VA to go out and do all that bullshit, little bit minuscule, in the grass, in the weeds kind of work, you know, and then bring that to my licensed sales producer where they will tighten it up and have the conversation. And, and I love that you said that, uh, you know, one of the sponsors of my show is Coverdesk and they, they're right there in Texas in your backyard. Mm -hmm. And no matter which company you use, I'm obviously endorsing Coverdesk. But that virtual assistant could take those admin tasks off your plate and help you focus on what you do best, which is yep. selling, which is building relationships, which is, uh, you know, making sure that your agency is moving the ball forward at all times. And yep. let them let those VAs take care of the rest of that. And going back to what you said a minute ago, if you're listening to this right now and you feel a little overwhelmed or you're thinking, man, I got to figure out where my process or where my foundation is. Go back to your office, you know, or if you're at your office now, you know, just do one thing. Just pick one thing to focus on right one now. Thing. Just start there. And, you know, if you want to start with standards, the first thing you yeah. need to pick are standards. Always. That is the foundation. That Those are your vowels, the standards, because you can't build an English word without vowels, right? Okay. doesn't happen. Even with you know, without those six, you got nothing. Your vowel is your standards. What do I want everyone in my agency discussing? Right? And, and you're going to have three types. You're going to have three types of standards when it comes to coverage or three things that trigger that. No coverage, low coverage, or missing a complementary policy. There so you when you're know. setting your standards, you're, you, first of all, no coverage. We need to make sure that if someone does not have this coverage that we mentioned it. Next is low coverage. We need to make sure that everyone understands these are our recommended limits and then missing a complimentary policy. You have auto, we expect you to have home. You have auto and home, we expect you to have umbrella. You have auto home umbrella, we expect you to have life. Now everyone knows, oh, I'm looking at this policy. They don't have towing. That's one of our standards. I got to mention that to them. Oh, they only have 100, 300 instead of 250, 500. That's one of our standards. I got to mention that to them. And I see I have their auto and home, but we don't have their umbrella. That's one of our standards. Now you just eliminated the emotion of what your person was doing. The, yep. And, and once you get those standards down and those three triggers, then you start building your processes from there. Yes. Yes. And yes. then from there, where would you, after you get the standards down, after you get the processes you know, that third or fourth thing down the road they need to figure out is what? Technology. Because okay. you have your standards, you've got your processes, but you don't know how to do that in your technology. You don't even know what buttons to push. So it, really, it, it is literally, the way I explained it, is the order you need to go in. First, sets are standards. Next, time. Because if you don't block off the time, you're never going to train. You're never going to learn the technology. You're not, never going to do anything if you don't block off that hour or two hours to do those other things, training, technology, everything. So, as first S is standards. 
time, task, tools, training, and spot checking. There you go. And if you don't block off time, if it's not on your calendar, I'm going to train on this day. I'm going to spot check this workflow on this day. I'm going to sit down with my team on this day and have a meeting. If that time is not blocked off, and you've heard me say this many times, if you don't make the time to create wealth, then all of your time is spent fighting off poverty. Amen. Yeah. No, you're 100% correct on that. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, just start start it at home, you know, start there at that home base, build that foundation on those standards. And, you know, Billy's laying it out and I'm, and I'm loving it. And I've been in this industry 20 years and every time I hear it, you know, and I've even already got, you know, some standards in place. I've got the process in place. I've got the time blocking, but I still think about, like you said, your golf, you're a damn mm-hmm. good golfer. You've won trophies, but you're not home yet. You're not at nope. that single handicap. You know, you've got processes, you've got partners all over the country, all over the world, but you're not at home yet. There's always something to improve upon. Yep. I'm not home yet. Now I want 250 partners and it may, it may take me 10 years to get those 250 partners because, you know, I'm going to get told no a lot more than I ever will get told. Yes. My close ratio on going after partners is about 2%, right? 2% of the agents I talk to will say, yeah, okay, Billy, we'll let you invest in our agency. Which means if I'm getting another 100, 100, well, 250, so another 80, dude, I got a lot of agents I got to talk to. And a lot of agents are going to tell me no. That's just part of getting home. There you go. Now, let me uh, let me transition for just a second uh, and, and move the ball a little bit. Talk to me about, I don't know if we've ever talked about this officially, inspire a nation. What, what, does that, what does that entail for you? What does that mean for you? They won't get a mentor. They won't. Uh, reach out to other agents. Guys, here's the deal. You can be alone without being by yourself, okay? You can be alone without being by yourself. You can go in your agency alone, be a one-person shop and sit in that agency alone, but not be by yourself because you have a virtual assistant, because you have Inspire Nation, because you have Ryan Hanley, because you have Heath Sheeran, because you have Bradley Flowers, because you have all these people that are, you know, David Carruthers, these people that are out here with you, willing to help you, willing to assist you. So you can go in your agency and be alone without being by yourself. And a lot of agents don't get that. No, no, I love that you put it that way. Uh, I think that's fantastic. And uh, I think that might be a good place to end this one today. And, uh, you know, guys, I'm super excited um, as we wrap this up. You know, coming up in May, um, you know, as people know, Insurance Town is domiciled in Arkansas. Yes, sir. is putting on a conference in Memphis, Tennessee, of all places, for the Arkansas Conference. And my man, Billy Williams, is going to be there. Yes. He's going to be on the stage sharing his thoughts and his ideas. And you guys got, whether you live in Arkansas and a part of a PA of Arkansas, or you live in Tennessee or New York or wherever you live, I want to invite you right now to register for this conference. Because not only is Billy going to be there, Bradley Flowers is going to be there. You know, Ryan Matheson and Andy Matheson and Sean Mohern from Glovebox are going to be there. Mm. We've got Casey Nelson's going to be there from Stackwise. We've got a whole crew of folks who are going to be there on that stage sharing some fantastic ideas. So I wanted to put that out there into the universe and sign up. You want to go to the PIAAR.com for that. And I appreciate you being willing to be there, Billy, and being a part of that because it's going to be awesome. It's the first live event we've done in a while of this magnitude because of the the COVID and the shutdown. So we're excited about Mm -hmm. it. And Billy, I appreciate any time I get a chance to visit with you, whether it's on a podcast or hanging out with you and 
one of your courses or, you know, just being uh, listening to you on the Hanley show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you, you always uh, inspire a nation. You inspire me. You inspire a lot of people. So thank you for being you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for uh, everything that you bring to the table, whether it's the insurance industry, golf, your family, your kids' schools, your community. You're a good dude. I appreciate you. Thank you, Ethan. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for hanging out with me and Dr. Billy Williams. Uh, what a great time. I do want to, to reiterate, go to PIAAR.com, sign up for the conference that will have some of the biggest industry names. And it'll be in Memphis, Tennessee at the guest house at Graceland. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, you, whether you live in Arkansas, Tennessee, whether you live in the area or not, you are invited to come to this. We're going to have some of the best vendors in the country there. They are going to have some of the best speakers in the country there with Dr. Billy Williams, with Bradley Flowers, with the boys from Glovebox, with Casey Nelson of Stackwise. And there's going to be some other surprises along the way. You've got to come to this event, May 17th through the 19th. Uh, I am uh, so excited about being there and being a part of this event. Also, guys, if you have an idea for your own show, go to GetReadySetPodcast.com and check it out. Ryan does all the work. You just get to look good. Get Ready, Set Podcast. Ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant ideas into reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.